You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Introducing first from the red corner, weighing 200, weighing 180 pounds, he hails from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and was rated by many as the best pound for pound fighter of the last decade. With 52 wins, 38 of them coming by the way of knockout and only four defeats, he is the current heavyweight champion of the world. David Michael Longstreet, And he's out of breath. <laughs> and fighting in the blue corner, weighing more than we care to say, and so big and intimidating at times that our heavyweight champion wants to run and hide with countless wins by knockout, former heavyweight champion of the world, Life. Boom. Boom. Because right now you are sitting out there and you are looking at my life and I want you to know that you're a spectator to an incredible, incredible event that we call life's big fight. Because life isn't easy, is it? It'll hit you hard at times and at times it's hard to keep on going. It'll break you down, it'll bust you up. And when I walk up to my opponent at the start of the match, my opponent looks down upon my frail, fragile, pathetic little body and says very clearly, I must break you. (laughs) And when I look out across this room today, I know that if I look at any one of your lives long enough that I know that I'm spectator to your life's main event, your life's big fight. Ah, out of breath. (laughs) What a champion, huh? If you are a guest with us today, this isn't normally how we do things at Riverside Community Church, is it? But I love the Rocky movies, as I'm sure many of us do, right? Gotta love Rocky. So I thought it would be appropriate today just to bring a little atmosphere to the message And if you are tuning in by podcast, well, I guess the only thing I can say is you had to be here to really understand what's going on. I want to invite you, uh, all of us, to follow along with my notes today. And uh, you can even write in your your own notes. And you can do this on our Riverside app, on your smartphones or your devices. If you don't have our app, you can just go out to the app store, search for Riverside Community Church, look for uh, the app that has our Riverside R logo on it. And uh, today, we are continuing a series that we've been in this year called Stick Your Neck Out, Bold Faith Praise, Gutsy Prayers. 
And on social media, we are using the hashtag StickYourNeckOutRCC. Fighting and live uh, life's big fight, it takes guts. And we've been talking about some of the gutsy prayers uh, that Christians with bold faith pray. We talked about God, search me. God, sharpen me. Last week, we talked about God, send me. Next week, we're talking about God, show me. But of course, today, I get one of the gutsy prayers that nobody wants to pray ever, and that is God, break me. God, break me. Break me. I call a timeout just for a second, okay? Break me? Are you kidding me? That's what I have to talk about today. I mean, I have to try to convince all of us today to pray such a dangerous prayer that nobody wants to pray. Talk about gutsy prayers. This prayer is obviously the most difficult one to pray. I don't like this prayer, if I can be honest with you. So often, uh, I have refused to pray this prayer And when I feel like God is whispering to me to pray such a dangerous prayer, well, it's easy just to kind of ignore him, to pretend that my conscience isn't prodding me, to pretend that I can't hear God's voice inside my head saying, if you want to be my follower with bold faith, you'll start praying this kind of dangerous prayer. These kinds of dangerous prayers, they don't line up with a version of Christianity that is about receiving uh, a life of ease and comfort, do they? But I will say this, these kinds of prayers have the potential to open our hearts to the work of God in such a way that it can change our lives forever. forever. I mean, most of us, we want to be close to God, right? Is that a good assumption to make here today? We want the junk out of our lives. We want to be conformed into the image of Christ. And what I mean there is we want to be who God has designed and created us to be, but we really don't feel safe praying a prayer God, break me. And the ironic thing here is that it is just so difficult to imagine what kind of blessing is on the other side of the pain that this kind of prayer, God, break me, can bring. So today we're using this metaphor of what the Apostle Paul calls the good fight. I'm calling it life's big fight because each of us has an audience that's watching our big fight. It's the main event. We are surrounded by people in the seats. We're surrounded by people in our corner of the ring, and there's people in the other corner of the ring, too. And to participate in this fight, we need to think of ourselves as athletes, as warriors. And to end up victorious in this big fight, we need to prepare ourselves to make it all the way through to the end by training like athletes because we are spiritual athletes. We are warriors of faith. And day after day, even while we're in the fight, it's really the training ground for life's big fight. I want to open up with a scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. It's the Apostle Paul, and here's what he says. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Another version that I read says, I don't like, I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That line he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. What do you think that Paul means here when he writes that? Do you think that he needs, that, that I need to develop a gym routine like James Harrison? Is that what he means here? I got to spend $350,000 a year to get my body into peak physical condition so that I can stand up here on the stage and preach or lead worship? 
Not really thinking that's where he's going, right? I think what Paul's saying here is discipline for the whole body. It includes the mind. It includes the heart. It includes the will and the spirit. And I say this because if you spend just 15 minutes looking through the scriptures and the various places that talk about the body, the heart, the mind, the soul, you'll see that there are scriptures upon scriptures that speak about the importance of maintaining and growing our whole selves. Paul wrote that we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices and be transformed by the renewing of the mind or by the way we think. Jesus said that we are to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. So it's the whole package that we must discipline and train. And one of the most effective ways of being disciplined and trained is by being broken. So what does it mean to be broken? What happens when a young man or woman enlists in the service? Where do they go? To boot camp, right? And what happens at boot camp? They are broken, right? Because to become great warriors, they first must be broken. What about the elite warriors? What about special forces? Even more breaking needs to take place. What about Olympians? Break muscle, right? Break comfort, break selfishness break their bank accounts, even break bones. And the more that is broken, the more that is rebuilt, put back together, it is much stronger, and they are a lean, mean, fighting machine. And when that breaking down is reinforced by rebuilding with the right things, then the end result is strength. And when that rebuild has taken place after a serious breaking, a star is born, a super athlete, a warrior, a champion is made. What does it mean to be broken in our training for life's big fight? It could be a long list of things. It could mean that we're being broken by the choices that we've made, both the bad choices that we've made, even the good but difficult choices that we've made. Being broken, it could could mean uh, that we are being broken by the choices that we didn't make or the circumstances that that were just uh, thrust upon us by others or outside forces or even acts of God. Being broken could also mean that it's what the Apostle Paul says when he says that as Christ followers that we must daily take up our cross and die to ourselves, to our selfish desires, die to our immorality, to our need for control. Being broken also means that we trade in the lens that we see the world through. We trade this in for God's lens so that we could see others as God sees others, to empathize with God. That's a weird statement. To empathize with God over a broken and fallen world. To ingest the hurt and the pain that God feels over each life that is wayward, wasted, or lost. Even God's son, Jesus Christ, was broken. He had to be broken. He was broken by the great but difficult choices that he made. He was broken by the choices and the circumstances that others had thrust upon him. He was broken by seeing the world through that lens. Not only the world in his day, but the world from the very beginning of time all the way through to the very end. He saw it all, and guess what? We are part of what he saw in that world. He saw the whole world's brokenness, ours, our fallen, immoral, and far from God condition. He saw it, and that was the lens that he looked through and viewed his life. And that lens and that look 
led him to die on a cross in order to redeem and rebuild God's kingdom in the way that God had intended it all along. He was broken by dying to self, by literally taking up his own cross because that was the plan. And he had trained for the big fight. He had trained and he was dedicated to stay the course, to persevere through the pain, clear and through to death until new life awaited him and us on the other side. John 12, 23 through 27, Jesus talks about what it means to die to self when he says this. Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted into the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. And I love those last two lines there. With a little sarcasm, he says, should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? And then he says, no, this is the very reason that I came. So as followers of Christ, as children of God, our creator, we too are to be broken because that is his plan. We are to be broken in order to be strong so that we can complete this life victorious. To cross the finish line, to still be standing when the bell rings at the end of the last round, to then stand before God and receive that eternal prize that awaits all who are victorious. So I ask each of you today this question, what needs to be broken in your life? Think about that for a second. What is it about you that needs to be broken? That's a hard question to ask and to think about. So that you can become a champion, a warrior, a star. What is it that needs to be broken? God wants all of us to be champions in life's big fight. He does. He didn't create us to be losers. He created us to be winners. And God also gave us this huge advantage. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Because Christ is the greatest undefeated champion who will never be beaten. And God gave each one of us this champion, our guide in Christ Jesus, who now stands in the corner of the ring in our big fight. How did Christ become the number one undefeated champion of the universe? He started by training, by discipline, by praying gutsy prayers. And we see such a prayer leading to his big fight on the night he was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was about to enter a very painful and difficult season. He knew the plan. So he spent quite some time in prayer. He prayed so hard, the Bible says that he sweat drops of blood, praying that if, it, if there were another way to be victorious, then let it be. And then he resolved to what had to happen, a prayer to be broken. And we see this prayer in Mark's gospel account of that night, Mark 14, 36, that says, Father, Jesus said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. 
And that's his prayer of brokenness. Not what I will, but what you will. That is his God break me prayer. And just hours before that prayer, he had dinner with his friends, with his disciples, and he told them that he had to be broken. He had to be poured out. He knew that this had to be the way, that the prize which awaited on the other side of this fight would be worth it all. And Luke gives the account of that conversation in his gospel, chapter 22. And Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Time out. How many times have we heard that scripture? Every, almost every time we take communion together, right? So it's one of those scriptures that after a while, if you don't keep thinking deeply about it, 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 it the meaning kind of breaks down a little bit. But I saw this scripture in a new light after however many years of hearing and I saw this in a new light when I was preparing for this message and I see Christ taking this loaf of bread and breaking it and he says, this is my body given up for you, broken, obviously always made that correlation and then he says, do this in remembrance of me and I always felt like, okay, well, we're supposed to eat the communion bread and drink the cup and we're supposed to remember the sacrifice that Christ made all those times but what if Christ is saying, no, be broken, do this in remembrance of me? I'll go on. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So here he was. He was about to enter that round that would take him down, but not take him out. His death on the cross was the round that the world all around him thought themselves victorious until the counting began. And you can hear it. One, two, three. Three days and up he rose with the final knockout punch. The fight of all fights was now over and the champion rose up from the grave to defeat all enemies for all time. Christ was broken, but in his brokenness, he became more powerful than anyone could ever imagine. The power to break sin and erase the blemishes of each and every one of us for even at our very best, even at our best, our hands are so dirty that we could not clean them on our own. No matter how hard we try, no matter how many good things we have accomplished in this life, we can't make ourselves clean and Christ did it. And now this champion stands in the corner of our ring and he cheers us on and he guides us and he gives us strength and he gives us ambition and power to stand in the ring, to take the punches, to get beat down, but get back up again, to, to outlast our opponent, to wear the world down instead of being worn down by the world and ultimately to finish the fight a champion like he is. Christ is here to turn brokenness into redemption, to turn brokenness into strength, to turn brokenness into victory. What is it about you that needs to be broken so that you can become a champion like Christ? I can't answer that for you. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's distrust. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe you just need to be broken so that you can be blessed in unknown and unexpected ways. God doesn't break us to cause undue pain and suffering. Do you hear me? 
God doesn't break us or allow us to be broken just so he can cause undue pain and suffering. He doesn't allow us to be broken because he doesn't love us enough. On the contrary, he breaks us and he allows us to be broken often to bless us. And I know that sounds weird and upside down. He allows these pieces that, that hinder our growth and block his work to be, to be broken down so that we can find true life. Sometimes God, he targets areas of our lives that, that we are unwilling to submit to him. And the tighter the, the grip that we have on these areas, the more difficult the struggle and the breaking that takes place. So I can't stand here today and tell you what areas of your life need to be broken or, or which areas of your life God has already broken for you or allowed circumstances to come in and play out in order that you would be broken. But I can tell you this. Go with it. Go with it. Don't run from it. Don't rebuke God for it. Don't always choose the easy path instead of the right path. Because when you're being broken or after you've been broken, I challenge you this also, thank God for it. Ask him to rebuild you. Ask him to make you a stronger version of your former self, a more mature, a more godly version of your former self, a lean, mean, fighting machine ready to take on life. What will it look like? What does that picture of our brokenness look like? Get ready for some very uplifting things. The downside, loss, hurt, anxiety, fear, loneliness, uncertainty, disappointment. These are very real feelings and very real states of being, aren't they? Any of you who have been broken or maybe you're broken today, we feel these things in those seasons. And it's tough. Oh, but the upside. Unexpected good, true joy, freedom, strength, character, Maturity, gratitude, purpose. You know, and I find that whole mind over matter thing to be pretty right on. Because if we get anxious about being broken, if we get scared about the difficult fights that lie ahead, it makes the anticipation almost unbearable, right? It magnifies the effects of that breaking. But on the flip side of that, if we can muster up the courage somehow to face it head on, almost even in a welcoming and inviting sense, then the process of that breaking, it, it's, it's not as bad to deal with. Doesn't mean it's easy. And Paul knew this. He wrote, into Tim, he wrote a letter to Timothy, an encouragement to persevere through the fights ahead of him. And we see this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. It reads, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me 
the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I also want to say this. If you take a look back on your life and you see seasons of brokenness that you've not really dealt with properly, let me encourage you, steer that brokenness into the right direction. Let that brokenness that you experienced or that you're experiencing, let that brokenness make you stronger. Let that brokenness make you a champion because that's what God has for us. We all have seasons of brokenness that that lie ahead of us. Take these two fingers, stick them on your neck, feel your pulse. Come on. Does anybody here not have a heartbeat? (laughs) Well, if your heart's beating, I can pretty much guarantee you this, that you will experience seasons of brokenness ahead. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, the next day, but soon enough, the season of brokenness is gonna roll into your life and it's gonna beat you down. And I'm sorry to say that. Because life is life. Life hits us hard at times. Harder than we can even imagine. Especially when everything's going just fine and it sneaks up on us and sucker punches us. And then at some point, life beats us to our knees. It's just a matter of time. Preparing for this big fight, even welcoming it, That's the stuff of champions, not cowards. God break me is a very dangerous prayer. Yes. But it's more dangerous to the forces who fight to take us down and knock us out. Because the prayer, God break me, is going to allow God to have full access to come in and shape us into who he made us to be. God, break me is a prayer that will allow us to fulfill our purpose in life, to be the best version of ourselves, to be champions of faith, to conquer this life and to stand victorious all the way through to the very end. I guess you could say that God perfects us when he breaks us. And you don't just have to pray these actual words, God, break me to be broken. This message today isn't just giving us a few words to say and a routine of spiritual practices. God, break me is an attitude that we choose. It's an attitude. God, break me is the prayer that we often say when we pray for God's will to take place in our lives. Because when we let go, And when we give up control of the various things that we are or that we have, we are saying, God, I trust you. I trust you and I'm going to allow you to to come in and let your will play out in my life no matter what may happen. No matter what may happen, I let go. And for us to be okay saying that and meaning that, knowing that God's will isn't about our comfort and safety, but instead it's about living this life worthy that he has created and intended for us, that takes bold faith. God, break me. Now that's the gutsy prayer of someone with bold faith. Would you bow your hearts?
God, break me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're here today and you want to echo these words that I'm praying for myself and you want this prayer to be your prayer, I invite you to whisper this prayer to God, to think this prayer to God on your behalf because he hears your heart. God, break me. I'm afraid to pray it. Or at least I thought I was afraid. But then I sit here today and I think about how much I do trust you, God. I know that you have my best interest in mind. I know that you created me, that you have a plan for me, and you have a purpose for my life. And who am I to know what I want for myself? Who am I to get in the way of your will taking place? So humbly, God, I bow my heart before you in a very honest, open, and transparent moment. And from the deepest part of my will, I ask you, God, let your will be done in my life completely, no matter what has to take place. Let your will be done in my life completely, no matter what. And God, would you help me to stand now all the way through to the very end, a champion, victorious because you were here, because you were present, victorious because you had control, victorious through your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.